Quantum Kickflip is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Previously on Quantum Kickflip. I mean, I know it's just a couple of dive bars in Upper Emblem and like a little outdoor festival in popularity, but it's this is real. This is a tour. We're doing it, you guys. Did you tell the crew? Uh, not yet, but... Not yet. After posting that, you know, this cryptic reference to finding maybe a new dimension, your page began to get a ton of traffic, uh, but all from like unknown and blocked sources. There's a moment as you guys skate by where you lock eyes and she she fully grasps who it is standing, who is, who is rushing at her now. The entire world has the look of a photo negative with the darkest, most shadowed areas shining the brightest. You realize now that like, oh, we are not in an open ocean. We're in like an underground lake of some kind. Oh. You don't get a great sense of uh, the, the like, what this wall is made up of, uh, but it is slimy. Qu- question, Robin, question. Yeah. Did you just Jonah us? <laughs> you are able to make yourself intangible. You launch yourself straight at the wall and pass through it. You're forced up to the top of the chamber into that bright blinding opening up at the top. Finally, you are expelled out into another chamber. In the center of the room, the floor of the chamber begins to rise up and bend, forming a gigantic slimy mass. And meanwhile, Nick, you look up to find an impossibly large glowing palm getting larger and larger as it descends upon you. Hand! and welcome to another episode of Quantum Kickflip. My name is Robin. I am your slug master game blaster uh, and your host. And uh, with me are five of my best and funniest friends in the whole world. And they are going to introduce themselves uh, in order of how many years of schooling they've had, most to least. Glenna, Glenna, yeah. Glenna. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? I have a master's. Uh, and a bachelor's and a diploma. That's a lot of school. And my name, my name is Glenna Showalter, and I'm playing Elliot Buchanan, who is the chill playbook. Uh, she uses a voidware backpack to carry a bunch of stuff, including her guitar, uh, which she will use to go on tour with her band, but she hasn't told her crew yet. Oops. <laughs> Oopsies. I think I have almost the same number of years of school as Glenna. But I don't have a master's or a bachelor's. Oh, oh I said God. amount of time and no, no, uh, no accolades. You're in it for the love of the game, there, Michael. Yeah. Oh boy, do I hate academia. My name's Michael Vetch, and I'm here <laughs> playing Nick Lowe, the Smarts Playbook. Eh? Eh? <laughs> He's an anime-loving, usually sword-wielding boy who's supposed to be grounded, but instead he climbed through a thick old being. Uh, my name's David, and uh, I'm playing Chester Capone, who's the Grits playbook, and he has uh, powered armor, and uh, he's uh, trying not to be squashed by a big old tongue. Uh, hello, my name is Lena Anderson, and I am playing Angus Franklin. Uh, he is the Guts playbook with the Skip Mode Runners. Uh, he's crashing with his good friend uh, Chester, and uh, that's fun. Uh, hello, I'm Liam Kreswick. I have two years of school. I was in marketing and went, mm, never doing that again. That's that's a sinister business, that. And then I became a <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> so we'll, 
We'll see how that <laughs> plays out. Uh, but yeah, I'm playing Lake Marsden. Uh, she's uh, the uh, heart playbook. She wields the reality cannon, uh, and she only recently put together uh, uh, where her and her friends have traveled to. This new dimension that she found, you know, was was eager to potentially name it, uh, and now she she realizes we're in like a like a yeah we might be in a guy uh or or a, or a <laughs> lady or a, you know genderless giant creature um but either way uh probably near a tongue right now gross uh and as mentioned i'm uh i'm your host i'm robin i have had so little schooling that i wasn't even smart enough to come up with a funny bit to end this whole thing off with <laughs> <laughs> yeah so as you all alluded to the last time you guys uh you you went on a dream run you took an opportunity to uh to discover a brand new dimension that no one had ever been to before um and at first it seemed like a cool trippy inverted like the the light operates differently here light is dark dark is light colors are backwards and there was like a cool underground lake and stuff. But the longer you were there, um, after a while, but still a lot sooner than I expected you to, you put some pieces together. And I think you have a pretty good idea of where you all might be. Um, and your your uh, party is somewhat split, but both sides of it are in, are in pretty imminent danger at this moment. Um, so I think we should just get right back into it. Y'all ready to play some Slug Blaster? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I... Transport you now to the faraway, distant, exotic plane of a dimension that doesn't have a name yet. (laughs) So yeah, we find you guys... Right where we left you, we're going to pick up the second that we left off last episode. Um, and I want to first check in on the larger group uh, in the chamber with the, the sort of massive slug creature. Um, you guys were sort of just starting to explore your new surroundings and you had just gotten on the phone with Nick uh, when suddenly uh, the floor itself rose up and began to thrash around. I was going to say attack you, but I don't think it's directly attacked any of you yet. It is just sort of moving and writhing and thrashing and uh, being a an all-around hazard. Um, but what does the Weird Gravity crew do? What's your what's your move here? All right, if we're going to get out of here, I'll, I'll create a distraction, uh, and I'll take care of the, this big old tongue. And uh, you know I can do it because I'm pretty good at hockey, and this is just tonsil hockey. And I'm, I'm going to start... <laughs> I want to start skating around the lower gum uh, by the by the boulders by the teeth there and go around that so you can uh, everybody can imagine that in their own mouth. You're very much welcome. Uh, and uh, I'm not looking to fight this thing. I'm just looking to get its attention. So hopefully, you know, if people go out the side of the mouth, uh, it'll be like maybe less sensitive there and won't be as noticed as much. Yeah. So you're you're sort of trying to draw draw its attention. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and I have, uh, I'm going to have my danger arc still out. I was using it for a light, and I'm still using it, and I might just be trying to, like, kind of zapping it as I go by into the gums as I go, just... Yeah, oh, that's that's perfect. I was going to say, I don't know that this thing, like, if you're just trying to attract its attention visually, I don't think that would necessarily have the result that you wanted to. Uh, but as soon as you start gouging that uh, danger arc into the wall you you definitely see this thing start to start to move in your direction so you have 
Uh, I'm not even gonna make you roll for that. I think you definitely get its attention. It sounds to me like the general plan of the crew here is find an exit, get get out of this dimension. Is that fair to say? Like you guys are, are generally looking for, for your way home? Yeah. If not our way home, uh, solid ground to stand on to be looking for a way to punch back home. Um, because exactly, that is yeah. one of the one of the things that we like we don't necessarily have a route home yet and if we're on a moving creature that's like you know who, who knows where we could end up when we punch back home we could next province over you know like yeah totally um <laughs> yeah i think that is a good thing to point out to the audience as well that uh that we may not have mentioned yet this episode is that uh yeah, you guys went into this dimension knowing full well that these portals are one way and that you don't have a planned route out of here. You don't know where you're going to end up. You don't even know if you'll be able to portal directly back to Null or if you're going to, you know, this is an undiscovered dimension. It may be linked to even further undiscovered dimensions. Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. We should, uh, I think we should create a progress track here. And I think I'm going to punch it in here. Your progress track is getaway. So for every... Uh, successful offer you roll here, you're going to get one step closer to getting away, whatever that ends up looking like. So yeah, let's go around and get some rolls here. And then I do want to check in on Nick as well. But uh, but first, uh, Chester, you're trying to get this thing's attention. Mm-hmm. I guess I said I wouldn't make you roll for that. But uh, is there is there anything else here? Are you are you attacking it? Are you? Well, I I don't know if any of my attacking is really that difficult to do because it, I'm just attacking everything around me. I kind of figured that my role might be just trying to uh, survive. I think that is the case. It is now coming at you, and rolling will determine whether you're able to successfully draw its attention away from your teammates and allow them to do what they're attempting to do, or whether you face negative repercussions of of taunting a giant exponentially larger than you monster into slamming directly at you um so yeah let's get that roll okay uh you know what it might be i i I think this is i'm going to use sacrifice your body uh to get myself a couple of extra dice uh so it means i'm i'm because I can't see me not being hit by this, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I figured I might as well at least use a power that, you know, gets me uh, some benefit. Uh, I am also going to use uh, a boost out of it, or like the, the kick to make it, you know, more powerful. That's what it is. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, a two and a three and a six. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, then I think you are able to, because this was your role to sort of successfully attract its attention, um, and and you are able to do just that. The, as as we described, you're you're sort of running your danger arc along the wall, and that seems to uh, seems to draw it towards you. Uh, and so you see this this massive slimy uh, writhing creature that is made up of the floor of the chamber itself. It arcs back and slams towards you, kind of like a scorpion tail. But with that roll, you are able to skate out of the way just in time. Um, you have to mark a slam for this. I think maybe it is just like in dodging out of the way of this, you sort of throw yourself into the boards a little bit. Um, the boards, in this case, being the massive boulders. In uh, in doing that, like, yeah, you, you get slammed into the side. Um, what, what are we going to call this slam? I... Yeah? <laughs> it's not really connected to what happened to Chester, but I was going to suggest that he took a licking. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. Took a licking. Oh, boy. It's in your <laughs> slam box now. That's perfect. I, s- I um, see that. Uh, Chester takes a look around and like, 
how come this person has all their teeth? Oh man. And and you know, start pick, <laughs> picking himself back up. Yeah, and I think um, what I'll give you, because you did put kick on that as well, and I think even though your intent here was just to sort of draw its attention away and survive, the kick is going to mark one point on this progress track. As you begin to see that uh, row of boulders start to uh, shift, the the, uh, the upper boulders begin to separate from the lower boulders. It's still very, very narrow. It's not quite enough room for you to like crawl your way through. Uh, but those beams of darkness entering uh, begin to get a little bit stronger as uh, as you see an opening begin to form here. What else are, what are the other three in uh, in this chamber up to at this moment? Well, I had a, I also had a, a tongue solution, um, but okay. I, I think seeing, I think it, I'm going to see if this works. I'm going to let Chester do his thing. He he seems to be on it. So I think she's going to just take this opportunity to do um, a pep talk. She's like, okay, everyone, look it, we're, we're, we're in this weird place, but I, I, we, we've been in weirder situations and, and this is a, a brave new world, definitely a, a world and, and, oh, geez, I was really looking forward to naming this thing, but this, this thing, if it's a, if it's a creature probably has a name. Well, anyway, I just I, I'm 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 loving this. This is really is the dream run I thought it was, and I just I want to say to all of you, I I'm I really value us working together as a team. This weird gravity thing is is incredible, and let's go find Nick, find the outside of this, and and punch back home. Yeah, and like again, not doing it deliberately, but makes eye contact with Elliot. Like yeah, team like one two three teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, just just really it just validates and gratifies uh, her team because uh, this is the dream run it was supposed to be. It's so far so good. She's having a great time. Uh, we got all our hype <laughs> die back and uh, no one is interpreting double meanings from this. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, speaking of Elliot and, and Angus as well, uh, do either of you have a play here? I think Angus would go towards the mysterious boulders on the one side. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's looking for an opening, yeah. um, but I think he might also take his negare and basically fire across the cave, uh, basically trying to, like, trigger a gag reflex to see if he can make this thing kind of, like, open its mouth so that we can get out. I have a similar plan. Um, okay. <laughs> This is also uh, silly. Uh, when when I get the chance, I would like to roll to pull a uh, like a two liter jug of vinegar out of my bag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love this. Let's uh, let's get some rolls to resolve some of these offers. Um, can Elliot go first? Because yep. it may inform what I want to do. Yeah, I said a two liter jug. Let's make it a four liter jug. Because why not? Mm-hmm. The multiverse will provide. Uh, <laughs> Dream big. Dream big. Why not? Uh, I'm going to add an extra die from my uh, backpack because I'm pulling from my backpack. So I'm going to roll three. Oh, that's a six. That's a six. Yes. Yeah, you uh, you reach into your backpack and, and heft out a massive uh, like Costco sized uh, bulk jug of vinegar. <laughs> I think that the markings on it are, are somewhat unfamiliar. It's in a language from, from some other dimension that you don't quite understand. Uh, but you're pretty confident it's vinegar in there. Uh, <laughs> you feel like if you had to assign a numerical value to how well this went, it'd be about a six. So you're, you're confident. Um, and, uh, and yeah, what are you, like, like, let's carry this roll forward a little bit. What are you attempting to do with this vinegar? Uh, um, Angus sees you pull it out and his eyes light up. <laughs> and he kind of had his gun out and sort of pointed across the cave and he sees you pull it out and he's like throw it <laughs> Th- throw it as hard as you can 
Yeah, okay. I open up the top. Yeah. So that it will... Because I know we're very small, but I feel like if you had something really, really sour, even in a small amount in the middle of your tongue, you might want to open your mouth to try and get rid of the taste. Mm. Uh, And I'm going to uh, chuck it back towards the uvula. I see. And then, uh, Angus, what is your what is your play here? At its zenith, at the highest point of the arc, <laughs> Angus is going to try to shoot it and make <laughs> it explode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to specify that, like, yeah, Elliot, your offer was successful here. You you made your six, so like, it's gonna have an effect regardless. But let's see if Angus can can juice it a little bit here for you. Use use those hype dies I just so lovingly uh, uh, reimbursed us for. I sure did. Full of my pep. I will take a hype. Mm-hmm. I will add a d6 from my guts. <laughs> I rolled a three. <laughs> Your, your highest was a three. Um, I rolled also a two and a one, if you want one of those. Uh, yeah, it, it, take your pick. They all they all result in the same thing for you. Oh, boy. I pick the three. Yeah. So I think what happens there is as the slug creature is slamming towards Chester to sort of knock him into the boards, uh, that causes the floor to shift under the both of you. So Elliot uncaps this thing and hurls it. But Angus, you sort of, as you're lining it up, the floor shifts and you stumble. Uh, and so your shot just narrowly misses the uh, arcing bottle of vinegar. And so I think both the vinegar and Angus's shot end up towards the back of the throat. Um, the vinegar spills out everywhere as Elliot intended, but the shot doesn't quite make it burst and, and uh, increase that impact. This is going to mark one progress track, Elliot, as you you are you are getting a reaction here that is ultimately going to uh, lead towards a, a route of escape. Uh, however, the the complication from your role here, Angus, not only were you not able to sort of increase the impact of this and, and perhaps expeed your departure here. I think the combination of the vinegar and the blast start to, uh, it does get a response from from this chamber, but it's maybe not the one you're looking for. As that slug creature begins to sort of arch up and the whole floor starts to move and the, the slime that's sort of coating the chamber uh, rises up and then begins to rush to the back of the chamber, uh, almost in a, in a like swallowing-like <laughs> As though you had an unpleasant taste and a bit of a pain or an itch at the back of your throat, and you were you were you, you decided to swallow to kind of like get rid of whatever that taste is, um, and all of you find yourselves being uh, you're not immediately pulled down, but you you are uh, your feet go out from under you, and you are all sort of in danger of heading that direction. Ah, man. Uh, okay, hang on, hang on. I want to use my causality hoop. <laughs> oh yeah, I want to try again. Good save. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm gonna mark a boost, yeah. and I'm gonna roll to skip back in time a few seconds. This is not a golden jungle situation. I literally want to try the exact same shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I'm just rolling a d6, so this better go well for me. Uh, <laughs> I rolled a one. God damn it! <laughs> Why would you only roll one die? Why would you do that? Uh hilarious. Yeah, the same thing I described. You're all uh, sliding towards the back, and I think as a as a consequence of this, uh, Angus, you are uh, you are the closest to being swallowed at this point. You are you are being pulled along the, the stream. Teeth, of I slime. thought. Uh, not anymore. You're not. Oh no! <laughs> Things yeah. move quickly in this in this Real strange chamber. Grip tied. <laughs> yeah. Causality hooped yourself further into the back of the throat. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I think this is where we leave you guys, all sort of trying to find your footing, but slowly sliding towards the back of the chamber. Uh, we cut outside to Nick. Uh, last we saw you, you had discovered yourself in the midst of a giant inverted shadow and you looked up to see the sky full of, uh, of some sort of massive uh, five-pronged structure. I'm having a really hard time continuing to describe everything as though mm. I don't know what the bit you is. Know, Robin, <laughs> I, I think I might have a word that uh, more succinctly describes it for you. Hand! <laughs> sure is. That's the one. Um, what does Nick do in this moment? Is it just like, does it is it reaching like fingers first, or is it just going like open palm slap? Like? I think more the second one, yeah, like a big as though it's just like going to pat itself down, or or yeah. Um, now you were attempting to kind of make your way towards where where gravity made more sense, which we had determined was sort of generally upward, mm-hmm. and I think you you have made some progress in that endeavor, but you're also like you. You are using your sneakers to secure yourself to the outer wall, which means you're not like gliding on a hoverboard. So I don't think you've you've made a ton of progress here. Um, so you're kind of just in the middle of this vast field. But that was your your ultimate goal was to sort of rejoin the others up further. Yeah. What? Uh, well, what are you gonna do here? Uh, well, he screams hand. Yeah. And uh, important, important. I think his initial reaction is to sort of. Uh, like Mario Party minigame it and get out of the shadow. Okay. <laughs> Trying to just like, like avoid the where this thing is coming down. Yeah, like move to where it isn't. Yeah, we're, we're going to roll one way or the other because like this thing is already coming toward you. you you're going to have to avoid it, but I wanted to see what way you're attempting to do that. And I think that's that's absolutely a Nick solution. You see the shadow, you see the object and are, and you're like, well... That's the way to avoid it. I think it is still like, it's difficult to judge. And it's also just difficult to get where you're going fast enough in time. So it is going to take a roll. Let's get that attempt. I think I'm just going to add the one here. So I'll be rolling 2d6 and Nick's just trying to get out of the way with this one here. Oh boy. Uh, It's a two. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think your smarts are able to calculate exactly where you need to be, but you're just, again, you're walking up a wall and when you're on a hoverboard and using all of your cool tech to sort of expedite your your process, that, that is more than made up for. But in this moment, it's, it's kind of, it's the equivalent of like an athletics role or, uh, or an acrobatics or something, and Nick just isn't the strongest in that department. So I think even though where you know where you need to be, you can't quite get there in time uh, and your surroundings get brighter and brighter until this thing is is fully upon you. On the upside, I, I learned from my failures and regained that die. There you go. Always a bright side. <laughs> a too bright side. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're very bright right now. Um, so you are going to take a slam from this. Uh, however, this thing is massive compared to you, and that might feel like, oh, a building just fell on Nick. He's dead. Or at the very least, peel back. <laughs> um, I don't think that's the case here. I think you are going to get a, a squished slam. Uh, as you are sort of uh, pressed into the surface here. However, yeah, you ever go to slap a mosquito and then you lift your hand up and it's it's 
flies away unharmed and you're like what the hell <laughs> i think that's what we got going on here is like you're just able to sort of squish yourself into the the fibers of the surface of this wall it's not comfortable you do like you get the wind knocked out of you you feel all of yourself sort of compress at the pressure of this but whether it's a, a proportionate strength thing uh, relative to your size or just the luck of where you happen to get squished you are able to survive this that does fill your slam boxes which is bad news yeah. If this were to happen again, or even if this current squish was to be maintained for too long. I think in this moment, Nick's going to pull a classic maneuver uh, uh, following suit of the, the Millennium Falcon, where it, it just attaches to the back of a Star Destroyer to hide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to try and disconnect from the main surface of this thing and reattach onto the hand as it pulls away. Yeah. Oh, Absolutely. So again, you don't normally need to roll for using your anti-nega friction outsoles. Like you you can just walk up walls. That's a thing you can do. Um, but you're attempting something a little trickier here. You're attempting to disconnect and reconnect all while sort of being pressed and squished. So I think this is going to require a roll, but you can, you can add to it. You're using both your know-how and your device here, and you've got some hype dice at your disposal. Uh, I think you've got the resources you need to get this done. I believe in you. Uh, I'm going to use that exact same smarts die that I just uh, re-got. <laughs> Since this is more inherently uh, a move with the sneakers, I am going to pop another die there. Yeah. And I'm also going to throw one of my smarts kick on. So I'll be rolling 3d6 with a kick. Beautiful. So I'm hoping that despite the, the previous squish, the kick will give me a little more more agency once I'm clear on the other, on the other side. <laughs> and that is a five. There you go. We got a mixed success. Oh, boy. Uh, let's start with the positive. You are able to do what you set out to do. You disengage your sneakers and you feel this massive structure upon you begin to, to let off the pressure. Uh, and as it does so, you're able to quickly swap around and get your feet underneath you and you attach yourself to this thing as it rises up away from the surface you were just on and carries you with it. You're, uh, you're standing, uh, on a massive palm. You see, see creases running in various directions uh, and, and going out in, in one direction. You see five branches that ultimately lead to uh, terrifying cliffs and, uh, and the other direction, uh, one longer and wider pathway. And that's, that's where you are at the moment. What is your complication from this? I think what it is, is that it's not going the direction you want it to. Um, it comes away from the surface, but rather than moving up in the direction you were trying to go, it starts to drop down. Uh-huh. Everything is, is moving like slow relative to you. Like it's moving in, in hyper slow motion, uh, but it is moving away from where you want it to go. You're being carried in exactly the wrong direction here. Mm-hmm. I think in the overall scheme of things, moving away is, is a bad thing, but also within the framework of, of trying to find a better stance for gravity's sake, being on a smaller thing like a hand, I can probably get to a more comfortable position easier. Yeah, totally. It's it's the, the very definition of a mixed success here. You didn't get quite what you wanted, <laughs> but you're you're not in too, too bad of shape. And you're looking on the bright side. <laughs> <laughs> Chester, you just got slammed into the boards. Uh, Lake, your uh, inspirational, motivational speech was uh, met with not a huge reaction and then and then the floor shifting underneath you. Uh, and I think you, Elliot, and Angus are all in various states of, of, of prone and being swept up in this tide of slime. 
Um, but Angus is definitely in the direst of circumstances. Uh, I think you guys, like, yeah, you're not, like, you know, dangling over the precipice or anything at this point, but you're going to have to take an action. Like, if you just decide to do nothing, that's going to result in getting swallowed. So whatever you do, your first order of business may have to be just finding uh, purchase here. Uh, but who's got an offer? Lake sort of, well, you know, um, hand, her hand is clutched into a single taste bud the size of like a uh, uh, like a rock climbing grip mm-hmm. <laughs> with her with her reality cannon uh, is going to fire basically like point blank because um, I'm, I'm imagining we're maybe like closer to the back half than the front. Yeah. Yeah. I think rapidly getting that way. Yes. <laughs> so she's she's pointing basically at the ground, but sort of aim mm-hmm. hoping to like aim up a bit like she's hoping to send out an effect from where she is to the tip of the 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 tongue yeah um and i want to uh use the parameter dial temporarily change a minor feature of a target i would like to change this feature to um numb oh interesting i would like to numb the tongue (laughs) yeah i love that i'm gonna add some kick to it um because i think she she you know having just come to uh the realization that this is a creature maybe doesn't want to go blasting it because it's still like a living a living thing and you know she wouldn't like it if a fly you know blasted her tongue to you know to a thousand pieces yeah actually not her tongue but like a tooth because we have thing you like break up a boulder and escape that way but that you know that's somebody's tooth that would that'd be no good yeah <laughs> uh, and are you adding any dice to that or attempting to i'm gonna add my way. own my own hype die beautiful <laughs> yeah Sweet. Whew, uh, two. Oh, man, oh, no. the rolls this time around. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, weirdly, I think it is, like, I, I was going to say that that um, it's probably not too hard to hit this thing, because, again, it's kind of the entire room around you, and you're right up against it, firing point blank. But I think that is part of the problem here is that the room is moving and changing. Your environment keeps shifting on you, and every time you think you've got your bearings of which way is up, it, it tosses you another direction. Um, and I think it's on one of those tosses that you you fire this off uh, and your complication here. And I'm so sorry for this, but it's too fun to not do. I think okay. the shot hits Chester oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> over on the boards uh, over over against the boulders. Yeah. And I think, Chester, you uh, suddenly feel just a wave of, of pins and needles wash over you as this lob shot from Lake's reality cannon hits you uh, and you are, are rendered numb. Co- comfortably so? <laughs> decidedly uncomfortably numb uh would i be able to use my push through ability of once per run ignore a slam such as exhausted haggard poison sickened maybe numbed yeah i'll give it to you uh, uh noping is also a possibility but i think if you want to use that ability that is that is totally fair what do you what do you yeah. have to do to engage that do you have to mark a boost or something? Or? It's it's once per run I can do that. Uh, oh, you can gotcha, ignore. yeah. Yeah, and then when I do Mark II style. So, like, I probably do feel numb, but it's that thing of, like, you know when you're, like, your leg falls asleep or whatever and you just have to keep walking? That's just me, my whole body. <laughs> I was going to say, we're going we're gonna to use push through to the letter here. I'm not going to give yeah. you the slam of numb. It's not going to have yeah. a mechanical impact on you. But you absolutely do get hit, and you absolutely do feel completely numb, and you just power through it anyway. And that's how this ability is coming into play. It's not that you're not numb; it's that it it doesn't slow you down. Um, um, I love that. And, 
<laughs> now, I, I taking that, uh, mm-hmm. I want to look around uh, the boulders, and I want to see if there's any, I don't know, cavities? Oh. On any of these teeth? Yeah. Uh, hoping my receptive ability can maybe spot one out? Yeah. Ooh. You notice the stuff everyone else is too busy to, like hidden panels, undiscovered hoverboard spots, or gorgeous sunsets. Yeah, that's exactly what this ability is intended for. Uh, I think it's not too long before, yeah, you're able to find sort of an area that is... Uh, weirdly brighter than the rest of the boulder. It's it's glowing uh, a brighter color than the rest of it, uh, which uh, maybe it takes Chester a second to turn this over in his brain because it's still hard to like, wait, dark is bright and bright is dark. So if there's a bright spot on the boulder, that means that it's a dark spot. So hang on, hold on. But yes, you're able to find, find exactly what you're looking for. Okay, perfect. Uh, so... Uh, I'm going to once again, again, engage that like spike that comes out of my, uh, like gauntlets, uh, which Mm -hmm. was originally designed to like break up concrete from when we first (laughs) found that, uh, the armor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and, and what are teeth, but really the concrete of the mouth. So I am just going (laughs) to run forward and, uh, you know, if it's up top, what I'll I'll jump, if it's down below, whatever, I am going to go with all my speed and I'm going, uh, put my spike directly into that cavity that, that would make somebody's mouth open if I, if I, if I do say so myself. I, I think you may be right there. Uh, (laughs) This has got to be, you got to roll for this, right? To attack? Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Um, Well, I'm going to use my last dice, uh, bonus dice that I have for my armor, for my diligent maintenance. So, like, my armor is not doing too well. I've, like, uh, used up a lot of its power, but I'm going to use my last little gasp of it. And... I noticed that you don't have any kick on your track here. Does anyone want to lend Chester some kick on this maneuver? Yeah, that'd be great if somebody could. Could also try taking a dare for some kick if you wanted that way. As well. Ooh, yes. Oh, is yeah. that? Is, oh, uh, okay. I'm going to do that then. Uh, I'm going to roll. Beautiful. Uh, then with that, uh, and I'm going to throw in one uh, an extra dice from my my uh, grit. So that will be three dice and one kick. Beautiful. A one and a one and a six. There we go. It's <laughs> <laughs> turning around for old weird gravity. So yes, uh, just describe <laughs> to me this beautiful maneuver as I mark two spots on your progress track. Okay, so like as like my uh, limbs kind of go a little bit uh, uh, limp, I do my best to like use my whole body to swing my arm over it and hit the button to engage the spike coming out. And I kind of like wobble, wobble, wobble uh, as I'm like running towards the thing, turn my torso back so my arm flops back and then just... Uh, engage my muscles uh, with all my might and then power it through to punch inside. I'm hoping, I don't know what happens to the tooth after that, but I'll leave that to you. Yeah, I mean, once again, we're, we're talking about relative size here. You are very, very tiny. So like, I think from your perspective, it makes a noticeable, like you gouge into this thing and you leave a mark. Probably not something that could be seen from a macro level, but but to you, it's, it's pretty gnarly. Um, and clearly to this environment as well as the, the swallowing motion that was in process there as all your friends were sort of sliding towards the back, it, it halts, the, the whole sort of process begins to reverse and you hear sort of a rumble echo up from the depths of the tunnel that you were, uh, that you emerged from originally uh, that turns into just, just a 
bone-shaking howl that, that, like, you all, you don't just hear it, you feel it. It's so loud. But in conjunction with that, these boulders separate. They had begun to sort of crack, uh, and then they began to seal back up as it was swallowing. But now they are fully open, and you can see darkness pouring in, and you have a way out here. You've marked two more progress tracks. Uh, Geta is done, and all that's left is way. Um, and you you all have uh, a clear path out of this thing. Yeah, do you do you take it? Yeah, Angus would go. Yeah. Yep. All right. So you all you all make your way to this uh, newly open exit. Um, you you run up towards the the massive boulders in the front that are jutting upwards like stalagmites, uh, and they sort of cut off your your path there. And and this is fortunate that there's something there to stop you, uh, because beyond them you see a sheer drop into what appears to be just an endless abyss. Again, it's not necessarily that there's nothing out there. It's just that it is all so massive and vast and far away as to be beyond comprehension from your perspective. But you do notice that uh, the outer wall of this chamber, while it sort of drops down to a sheer cliff, it does continue upward as well, sloping away from you. It's pretty sheer, but you all think you're probably going to be able to climb it. Robin? In this thing feeling pain in its mouth, is there any chance it might be reacted by, I don't know, reaching toward it with uh, some sort of dexterous <laughs> appendage? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Normally I'd say that, nah, this is that's a separate thing you gotta resolve, but Chester did put a kick on that yeah. in addition to, so not only did he do what the, he was trying to do, I think that second mark on the track and the, the sort of additional benefit of that kick is that, yeah, sure enough, you feel the direction start to reverse and Nick, you were moving away from your goal and now you're moving rapidly towards it which is still like you know moving through soup compared to your own motion but it's you're you're headed in the right direction yeah you uh you all begin to climb your way out onto the outer surface uh you you enter into a forest of long thin sort of vegetation or trees they're they're semi-translucent <laughs> with a glowing ghostly blue white center uh, and they grow it at, at an angle from the terrain so it actually kind of makes it easier to climb it gives you something to find purchase with um, and in the distance beyond this forest, you see two large caves looming in the distance, their twin mouths glowing brightly. <laughs> as you get closer, you begin to feel a pull towards them that grows stronger and stronger, as if all the air around you is rushing towards the mouth of these caves and threatening to pull you with it. <laughs> um, for good measure, Angus is going to activate his anti nega friction outsoles so that he too is uh, rooted uh, as he uh, uh, climbs, because he also wants to take his phone out and try to call Nick again. Yeah, uh, I think you're able to do that. Um, again, these these devices, when not under uh, extreme circumstances, do just allow you to walk up walls without a roll. So yeah, you're able to plant. And I'm, I'll even go so far as to say the others are able to sort of use you as an anchor. So yeah, if you do continue to move towards these caves, I think you're going to have to deal with the effect that is happening here of, of the, the pull. As At the moment, you are anchored and the others can sort of anchor to you. And I think as you pull out your phone, you realize that like things got so hectic and chaotic back there. Neither of you actually hung up the call. You're still on the line with Nick, just neither of you really <laughs> noticed. Uh, so you pull out your phone and the call is, is on like minute 17 or whatever. <laughs> This bill is gonna hurt. <laughs> <laughs> now you're you're in each other's uh, fave five or whatever it is. It's the nineties. <laughs> you got unlimited minutes. Hey, Nick, Nick, you there? Oh, uh, Angus, I didn't realize we were still on the line. Yeah, sorry, we were going through a tunnel. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? Are you still? Are you close to the mouth? Well, I'm getting rapidly closer. 
Uh, at this point, do on the hand, do I have a view toward this thing's face at all? Yeah, I, I think you would. Again, it's like, it's so massive as to be a little bit hard to take in, but also like the perspective here I think works where like other stuff distant from you is maybe too far off and just lost in a haze or lost in the curvature of the environment. Uh, you, you've got a clear angle on this. Um, what you can see now is absolutely a face. You you can see your friends uh, climbing over the row of bottom teeth and, and hand over handing their way up the top lip, uh, which is covered in a, a forest uh, of dense... Uh, mustache hair <laughs> uh, and they're kind of standing yeah you can sort of lose them in the forest there uh close to the nose but it looks not dissimilar to a human face but not also not identical it's it's got kind of a uh let's say a 90s cgi uncanny valley thing going on where it's like <laughs> that's clearly supposed to be a person but it's not quite and the inverted color and light just adds to that effect where it's just like yeah it, it uh is hard to to sort of keep track of. Uh, I'm getting closer to the face. Are, are you all still in the mouth? Uh, no. We we just got out. We're heading up. Ah, uh, well, let's try and rendezvous in the stash. All right, we're here. So, uh, whenever you can get here, how are you getting here? Oh, I'm late again. Uh, <laughs> sec. I might need to hang up for this. Aw, but I'll miss you. <laughs> Is, is this maybe where that same, like, shadow of light starts to come towards us as this hand shades the mustache? Is oh, absolutely, say, yeah, yeah. I think you guys do, you you feel everything around you, your surroundings get brighter and brighter. Yeah, uh, Nick, you mentioned that you might have to hang up for this. What is, what is this? <laughs> I was hoping to pocket my phone, hop on my board, and try and ramp up off one of the fingers. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pocketing your phone and, and hopping on your board are are things you can easily do. Um, but for that last part, we're going to need a roll for that. Ooh, absolutely. So with this, I'm going to use the last of my smarts dice uh, and kick. So I'll be rolling 2d6 with a kick. Um, actually, was there any more team style still? Or, uh, team hype dice? I think we have one hype dial oh, no. left. Yep. Yes. Can I use that last one? Go for it. Go, go, go. Amazing. So I will be rolling 3d6 with a kick, and I'm going to try and look cool. This is this is a big old jumpy jump off of a huge hand. I'm going to do it. Two questions. Mm-hmm. Yes. We see the hand, yes. just to clarify that. Yeah. Do we see Nick? Uh, I don't think you can quite make him out from your vantage point, but like... You can you can sort of get a sense of where he might be based on what he has told you. I, I have reason to believe he may be on the hand. I, I I think based on your phone call there, yes. I think last thing Nick is going to say into the call is, is like, I got to hang up, get ready to stream. Oh, yeah, that's exactly. Angus pushes the end button, goes immediately into my page and starts streaming the hand. Beautiful. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I think this uh, this depending on how this goes, might neck you some extra crew style, but let's see how this maneuver plays out for Nick. Here we go. That's a six. Hey. There it is. Um, did you put anything on that or like extra dice, but any, any kick? Uh, I had one single kick. One single kick. So that's going to mark uh, two progress tracks uh, or two, two spots on your track. Uh, you are one letter away from getting out of this dimension uh, as, yeah, describe to me this maneuver. <laughs> Uh, I think as he's he pockets the phone, pulls out his board, he's still uh, negafriction outsold down, so he has good grip. 
he plants one of his feet on the board. He still got it activated, so he's stuck to the board and the creature's hand. And he uses that extra friction to push off really fast and goes flying all the way over the, the ridges of the knuckle toward the smooth plane of a huge fingernail. Are there fingernails? I'm assuming this. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely there are. Uh, he glides over that last bit and then shoots right off the precipice out toward this huge forest of mustache fibers. Uh, yeah, and, and Angus, from your perspective, yeah, you can't see Nick at first. You just see this massive hand moving towards you. But as you as you fire up the stream and as the hand sort of fills the entire frame and beyond, just the, the entire sky is full of this structure. You see a small glowing blue shape uh, uh, move towards the end of one of these uh, long, massive appendages and then leap off. And it's sort of silhou- silhouetted, uh, inverse silhouetted against the brightness of the sky behind. Uh, and then it gets closer and closer and resolves into the shape of Nick as he comes directly towards the frame of the camera and you almost have to dodge out of the way as he <laughs> as he lands triumphantly beside you. Uh, I think Nick manages to, in that moment of being silhouetted, he's taking the board off of his feet so his shoes are clear so he can stick down with, with the Nega Friction outsoles to the upper lip as he lands here. And then sort of panting, he turns and looks toward the camera. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Lowe! <laughs> Anybody need a hand? <laughs> <laughs> Cut stream! <laughs> uh, and with that, our crew back together. One mark left on your progress track. Uh, you make your way... Uh, I, I don't actually know where you're making your way towards. I assume you're looking for an escape, but have any of you tried to to find a thin zone here? Hey, Lake. She's, like, dangling off a mustache hair. Like, yeah, what? Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to run an amphimeter real quick? <sighs> She's, like... Uh, uh, Angus holds out his hand. He's, like, I, I can hold on to you if you want to run the amphimeter. Okay, I just... Uh, yeah, she, she's, like... I, I was prepared to find safer passage than uh, um, vertical under uh, inhaling tunnels, but... Uh, <laughs> no, now's fine. <laughs> okay, she's like, well, all right, I, I, I trust you, Angus, and holding on to Angus with one hand and, like, a uh, mustache hair under her armpit just for extra security. She she pulls out her phone and, and fumbles with it and tries to find a thin zone. Yeah, and I think as, as you fire it up, there's a... Uh, uh... Nothing for the first moment, and then that you get a faint ping, and as you sort of like triangulate and lock on, you're pretty confident that you're uh, you've you've found uh, a signal and you found a thin point in the fabric of space time, um, and it is further up beyond those massive caves. You can't tell quite exactly how far, but you can tell that you're moving in the right direction. You, you're able to determine that if you can get past this sort of last hurdle, these 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 caves in front of you that beyond that, uh, you, you should have a pretty clear path to what is uh, appearing to be the portal zone out of here. Um, but you do have that one final obstacle, and it looks like in order to get where you're going, you're going to have to either cross pretty close to these caves or go a long way out of your way to circumvent them. Hmm. Hmm. Up, up, up. You only go up from here. Uh, sure. Can I roll to pull some crampons out of my bag? <laughs> Some what? Crampons, you know those uh, those shoes with the spikes that ice climbers use. Ah, I didn't oh. realize that was what those were called. This sounded like a menstrual aid kind yep, of thing. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. For like two different reasons. Um, you can do that. I'll also give you that. Like um, between Nick and Angus, you guys have a couple of people who are rooted to the surface that you can all sort of 
move as a crew, but like, hey, extra traction is is not a bad thing. I guess that's your call whether you want to open yourself up to the potential complications of a of a bad role here, uh, or whether you want to just trust in uh, Nick and Angus to to sort of secure you as you go forward. Well, I know that we've got one spot left on that track, and I would really love to clear that. So ah, I that, see. Consider this my offer. Nice. I'm going to roll with my, my two that I get from the chill, and I'm going to use my last die from my bag. I'm going to take a dare t- to add kick. Actually, do you want one of my kick? Oh, sure. I figure that Angus is already covered with the outsoles. Cool. And basically the kick is so that I can pull out more than one is the Gotcha. Point. I understand. I was I was trying to think of how this was going to get you all where you were going, but but now I understand. Yeah. So that's perfect. I'll give you a kick from my skip modes because I have skip modes with anti-nega friction outsoles. Yeah. There and you're go. maybe even securing Elliot as as she's going to dig deep into her bag here. You're kind of uh, like... No, I'm holding on to Lake, so... Okay. Uh, I'll hold on to Elliot, um, and I'll use my heart, uh, the last die from my heart. I'm secure on Angus. We established that. I, I trust him, and he's holding me. So uh, I'm going to reach a hand out to uh, Elliot to hold her while she digs. And you get an extra die. Awesome. I'm rolling with four. Let's go! Ooh. Oh. Okay, so I rolled a five, but uh-huh. I also rolled doubles twice. Oh, dang. That, that gets so you I style, right? That gets me style. Two style? Yeah, I think if you roll Mark it twice. One style anytime you roll doubles. Yeah. yeah. I don't see why not. Cool. So yes, you're able to retrieve what you're looking for, these climbing spikes. Um, you get three pairs and the other two have their outsoles. So I think between all of that... Um, you're probably good. Chester maybe has oh. a bit of a tough time negotiating it around his armor. No, I have an offer. I have an offer yes. for the style. Okay. Uh, Elliot pulls out a pair of shoes. One is a big, clunky pair, the same color as Chester's armor. Uh, one is just like very like cool. Oh, oh, they're like they look like combat boots, but they got the spikes on the bottom. And one is like half uh, running shoe, half colorful mess oh beautiful they're they're like tailored to each person who's gonna wear them yes <laughs> yeah i love that <laughs> elliot still gets to mark the two style unfortunately the other two well, yeah, uh, she pulled out the dope shoes <laughs> yeah she, she's the hookup um but yeah you all get outfitted here uh and and this is gonna mark the last check on your progress track here i think the complication here from your your mixed success because it was a five and a mixed success uh, is that as you're all focused on, like, Elliot, you're focused on retrieving these things from the bag, Lake, and by extension, Angus, you're you're focused on securing her, and, and Chester, you're, you're watching this play out. Um, everyone's sort of uh, paying attention to what Elliot's doing, and and you, you, you lost track of what happened to that hand after Nick leapt from it. Like, he leapt mm. to the mustache. It was coming up to the mouth to do something, and while it's moving very slow relative to you, uh, it, it is now uh, doing the thing it, it started to do, which is sort of press itself against the upper lip. Um, and I think Nick is the only one who notices it before it happens. And he begins to cry out, <laughs> uh, but it's cut off mid, mid-word uh, as it, the, uh, one of these fingers comes slamming down. And Elliot, it catches you for a slam. Um, no! No! Nope! I'm noping. I was that. gonna say you can't say no to me, but you can say <laughs> nope to me. <laughs> That's in the rules. Um, yeah. Do you have any any fancy way that you you avoid this, or just roll out of the way just in the nick of time? I I just avoid it. It's just cool. Yeah. 
maybe it's Nick's cry that alerts you and you're able to just sort of roll and slide and grab one of these uh, thin ghostly trees just at the last second. Not only do you get out of the way, uh, but you you don't drop any of the shoes and you're able to sort of collect yourselves and, and this hand slowly begins to retreat. Um, and with that, you've marked your entire progress track and you're able to start making your way north, up, who knows what cardinal directions mean in this, <laughs> in this freaky dimension. Um, yeah, you, you feel that, that pull towards the caves and then as it continues, it begins to sort of recede and then reverse. You then start to feel like a gust of wind come out of the mouth of this cave. But with these climbing shoes and your friction outsoles, you're able to keep your grip and continue uh, progress forward. It's it's slow going with this sort of uh, jet stream pushing back against you, but you're able to make your way through um, and you sort of get out and around these caves. As you make your way upward, you come across something even stranger than everything else that you've encountered thus far. Uh, it almost looks like a pond or more accurately a lake stretching out as far as you can see, but but unlike a lake, whatever this is, it's vertical, following the same plane as the wall you've been climbing. The surface is a deep, velvety black and completely still to the point that you can't tell if it's a liquid or a solid. Uh, more of those same pale, ghostly trees line the perimeter, uh, thinner and further apart than the ones you encountered before back in front of the cave. Uh, and far out in the center of this dark pool, there's a ring of vivid color, a brilliant orange crimson. And beyond that, a brilliant white glow. And Lake, your, your amphimeter confirms that that white glow is exactly where you're headed for the portal zone home. <laughs> oh, We're almost there, gang. Uh, it, it's up there in that in that big old... Uh, uh, it's, that's an eye, isn't it? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta. We, the, the the portal zone seems to be inside the eye. I was really hoping we were gonna able to like, you know, uh, slide down uh, the the ramp that is the nose and and off into the other dimension. And as she says it, she looks down and the nose is now like a little bit far away. Like yeah, it's like oh vertigo. Um, but it's like we're, we're yeah. close. It's in the eye, gang. Prepare for pupil portal, people. <laughs> <laughs> and I think just because you guys have marked this entire progress track, I'll give you that like. As you're standing there kind of figuring out, like, okay, how are we going to climb on this thing? Are we really going to dig crampons into into eye meats? That, that's unpleasant sounding. Um, the, you get that same sense of vertigo that you sort of got inside the previous chamber as uh, the entire surface of this thing sort of tilts upwards uh, as though it's sort of tilting its head back a little bit. Okay. Maybe to look at something, maybe to sneeze, you're not sure. Uh, but it gives you a moment where the ground sort of levels off a little. And you're pretty sure that you could in this moment, hop back on your boards and you'd have enough time to make it to the portal zone. Is that what everyone does? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Then I think you've got a clear path out and uh, and that is the end of our adventure in this unknown dimension, except for one one quick thing. Um, there's a thing <laughs> no, we do near the end yeah, of runs. Well done. Okay. Run, it's, uh, well done. Good job, I'm sure it's in the rules somewhere. Let me just find the tag. Yeah, no, there's a disaster rule still has no. to be. <laughs> so we're all like, we're all, you know, hoverboarding as hard as we can in the brief moment this thing has its head tipped back. Yeah. Angus is streaming. Angus is yeah. streaming. We're all Beautiful. racing towards this pool. Yeah, you're, 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 uh, uh, gliding across velvety black, uh, not even velvety, reflective black eye surface, making your way towards a ring of color and beyond that, this portal. Uh, and and as you sort of, you make your way away from the, uh, we describe this as looking like a pond or a lake. You, you look back towards the shoreline as it grows more and more distant, but then suddenly it starts to get closer again. It's, it's moving towards you 
quite rapidly. Everything mm. here has been moving very slow. The hand and, and the tilt has all been like almost like it's in slow motion. But this is this is happening quick. Uh, and you realize with horror uh, that you're about to be caught in a blink and you're going to need to really push it to get to the portal in time. And that's where we're going to get our disaster roll. Let's get those rolls. All right. Who got a six? I did. Yeah, I got six. Beautiful. Um, you guys are safe. You mark one style. Sweet. And yeah, can I just offer that, like, at one point, Lake does, like, a rail grind along a bottom eyelash and then into the pool? Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, who got fours or fives? Nick and Chester. Close call. You take one trouble each if you have room. Uh, so mark your trouble there. It, it, you cut it close. You you maybe feel it close up just as you sneak through to the other side, uh, but you make it out unscathed. Corneal cruising. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm so scared to ask who got a one to three. So I rolled doubles. <laughs> D- double what? Double twos. Mm-hmm. That's, that's going to be a disaster. But it does say Mark One style anytime you roll doubles. Just saying. Mark one style and also one doom. <laughs> uh, and you receive a ch- disaster chosen by the uh, the GM. Elliot, no. Hey, friends, it's your Slugmaster here to wish you all the happiest of holidays and to thank you, as always, for listening and sharing the show with friends. Give the gift of a cool podcast to your friends and loved ones by recommending this show. It costs nothing, but by the time they figure that out, it'll be too late. Uh, And if you'd like to give us a Christmas present, really the only conceivable practical way to do that would be to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. But coincidentally enough, that's exactly the only thing that we want for Christmas. So that works out great. We are at Quantum Kickflip on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, so be sure to follow us for new episode updates, memes, audiograms, and more. Uh, You can also subscribe to us on Patreon, where for just five bucks a month, you can get early access to every new episode of Quantum Kickflip, as well as bi-weekly bonus content like interviews, outtakes, and lots more. Uh, I'd also like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. Check them out at amaas.ca. And finally, we are proud members of the Alberta Podcast Network, who we will hear more about in just a moment here. Uh, we normally release Quantum Kickflip bi-weekly, but this is our mid-season finale, so we're going to be taking a short break for the holidays. But we've recorded some holiday bonus content for you, so that'll be up on Wednesday, January 5th, as usual. And then we'll be kicking off a new adventure shortly after that. Uh, we're going to get you right back to the action here, but first, I'd like to throw it over to a gigantic, unfathomable being for some quick words from our sponsors. Hi there, this is Kalef Lavar the Unknowable here to tell you about this episode's sponsors. I'm gonna do my best here, but I apologize in advance as I'm not feeling well today. My stomach has been bothering me and my face has been kind of itchy. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by Pod Power. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode. Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a pod power shout-out to Overdue Finds. Overdue Finds is an Edmonton Public Library podcast. Bryce Crittenden and Carolyn Land host conversations about books, movies, music, pop culture, and other interesting news about Edmonton. 
It's a great way to learn about what's happening at EPL and about how you can use your library card to access all of EPL's in-person and online services. To listen and find out more about Overdue Finds, head to epl.ca slash podcast. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network, where you can find tons of amazing locally made shows to listen to, including The Read Along. The Read Along is a mini book club for your ears. Scott and Anita Bourgeois go on a weekly chapter by chapter journey. Here, I'll let them tell you more. I'd like to get more reading done, and joining a book club seems like a good idea, but I don't know. Why not? Reading a whole book in a month, that's pretty daunting. What if it was just a chapter, say a week? That doesn't sound too bad. Still, getting together with a bunch of people, that's a whole evening. Well, what if it was only half an hour, whenever you wanted to? That would be great. The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears. Join my wife, Anita. And my husband, Scott. As we take you on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at at a time. time. A proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown. Community supported. Available right now on your podcatcher of choice. Doesn't that just sound so delightful? Reading a book together with some friends and don't the host just sound so wonderful? I just... Sorry, I don't usually get so flustered. There's just something in my eye. I gotta go. Disaster strikes for you. All of your teammates, you see them uh, uh, careen out ahead of you. They're gliding ahead. And uh, and one by one, they sort of disappear into this bright white glow and cross through the dimensional rift. And uh, and you're sort of last in line. And as you go to cross through here, I think it just like that, that uh, we mentioned that the, the shoreline is is coming towards you, getting closer and closer. Um, and, and you're about to get smashed between the, the two opposite shorelines as they, as they converge in uh, what can only be described as a blink. You feel yourself, you enter into that glow, but it's right at the last second and you feel yourself start to cross uh, and you've got sort of your board crossing first and you're passing through and you've got one arm trailing out behind you and you feel that arm get caught in the blink uh, and you feel a surge of pain and instead of crossing through the rift, instead you peel back. Woof. Now we haven't we haven't had peel back happen since I think the very first episode. So we're gonna go into what that is. The way that the multiverse works in Slug Blaster, uh, you can only be away from your home dimension, uh, your your original plane for so long before it starts to pull you back. And in moments of extreme stress or extreme pain, it can snap you back violently. It is a deeply unpleasant process. Um, it doesn't often, you know, it's it's not fatal, but it is it is wholly uncomfortable. Angus can speak to it. It happened to him last, yep. I believe. Sucked. <laughs> but it, it's happening to Elliot right now. Just for convenience's sake, I think you do, you you have found a portal to null here. You know what? I think there is a, a big Miper radio dish on the outskirts of town, like a big satellite <laughs> installation. And you guys sort of, uh, the, those of you who made it through the rift, uh, appeared in the center of that at like the lowest point and sort of slid down the curvature of the disc and and did uh, sick tricks as you as you left mm-hmm. off the bottom um, and you find yourself sort of on a on an industrial road on the outskirts of Hillview. Um, whereas Elliot, you sort of just blink into existence suddenly and crumple into a heap on the ground um, and you feel that pain throughout your entire body, but 
more specifically, you feel it in that left hand that was trailing up behind you. Um, it, it, it closed upon your hand there, and, and that's where the pain is centered. <laughs> Elliot? Woohoo, gang! That was sick! Oh my god, so much fun! He's like high-fiving uh, <laughs> Chester, high-fiving Nick. Oh, wait, uh, Elliot? I, can't. I don't know if I can play. Shit. I don't know if I can play. I don't know if we were supposed to go on tour, and I don't know if I can... <sighs> hey, 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 it's, it's okay. Uh, hey, I've been there, I know, just, uh, oh god, it's, this sucks when it happens, just keep breathing, I guess? Boy, I fast-forwarded so much when this happened to me. Guys, Elliot peeled back. Lake, can you can you call Cammy or something? Can, can we get a a, a a pickup from? Oh, what, what part of town are we in? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll call, I'll call Camry, and then flips open her phone and and walks just out of frame for everyone else to have a conversation while she makes a call. <laughs> uh, Chester is going to pull out his uh, first aid kit, and he's going to get like um, like a cold pack uh, to like help reduce the swelling on the hand, and uh, just try to tenderly hold it because it's probably fractured, so he. He knows all about wounds like this and just like tries to like <laughs> gent like even though he's got like this big clunky uh, armor and he's a big tough guy. He's got like this just real gentle touch as he tries to take care of her and doesn't say anything. He's just there to like take care. Yeah. Uh, is this one of your other other items in your gear is you have a first aid kit? Yeah, I have repair tools and a first aid kit because of course that I have rules. a first aid kit. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think you are, you're able to provide some comfort here. I think whatever's happening, like, part of it is is the pain of, like, your hand getting caught. So there is, like, physical damage here, but there's also sort of a meta-terrestrial, like, metaphysical damage to the the essence of your quantum being as well that is uh, maybe not so easy to heal with, with an ice pack. But the ice pack does help. Elliot, you feel a little bit of relief in your hand as Chester tends to you. You're all being so nice. How come you're never nice to each other? What? What do you mean? We're just, we're just. You're always fighting, all the time. You're fighting with each other. You're running off without telling people, and then you're getting mad at people for running off, even though you might have a good reason for running off. Because sometimes running off is what the right thing to do. And I have to leave. Lake comes back to 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 make sure she's present for this part of the conversation. What? 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 What do you mean you have to leave? This this is supposed to be one last run. One last dream run before I left to go on tour with the band. And now I don't know if I can even play my guitar. And you were. I didn't know how to tell you guys. Hey, uh, well, well, don't worry about your hand. We'll, we'll, we'll take care of it. Um, just, just try to rest and we'll, we, we can, we can, we, we, we can talk about this later, uh, uh, Elliot. You just, You've been through a lot right now. <laughs> oh, everyone, we're talking about it later. Let's talk about it now. <laughs> there he is. Come on, Angus. You. She just peeled back. You. You know. You. You went through this. What are you doing? I think that this might be good for Elliot. He pulls out a cigarette and his lighter and holds it out to her. After all, you have a hard time confronting people, right? I don't want one right now. Suit yourself. Angus lights it and takes a drag. <laughs> how, 
Elliot, how how long have you known this? Like this whole run, you were you were planning on this being the last run, and, and you you never told us. I was trying to find the perfect moment to say goodbye to each of you, but things got so out of hand, and we weren't even in the same room half the time, and we never talked to each other. We never. It's always, it's always yelling and it's, it's always fighting and running away. And I'm, I'm the worst of it. (laughs) Uh, I'm right here. Yeah, you are. What are you you talking about? We were always fighting. Like, sure, we have our bumps, but like, think of all the times that we've, we've been there for each other, where we've literally caught each other as we fell or, or saved each other from, from uh, the the maws of of certain doom and and geez like I mean I think each one of us have have proverbially noped um, a, a, an injury or a, a a bad experience for each other probably you know in in every combination there is what do you, I I I don't I I reject that idea that we just fight we're a crew and we're a team and we and we get along and we we tell each other how we're feeling and she starts kind of like sobbing. Well, I'm feeling like I can't stay anymore. I was going to come back after the tour. I was. But. Still could. And Angus goes and puts an arm around Lake. Still smoking. (laughs) But now I'm not so sure. And I think that's where we leave that scene. In the moment of tension. Before I tell you what happens next. Are, are are we marking any downtime tracks there? What 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 was that scene for people? Uh, I think that was darkness for Elliot. Yeah. Uh, clear up to four trouble. It catches up to you and hurts your own team. How? What do you say that you shouldn't have? What promise did you break? Mark one doom. Take one fracture. Um, because she has been struggling with confronting people this whole time, uh, and she let it get out of hand. Yeah. Because like. Clearly, there was more to her issue than she was going on tour. <laughs> yeah, we 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 see that for sure. Um, what do we want to call this this fracture? This is now the second fracture on your crew page. Michael suggested I'm out of the band in the chat, which is ironic because she is still in the band, not the crew. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Out of the band. So I think there's one uh, one more thing we need to resolve before we get into doling out like personal style and crew style and all of that stuff that comes at the end of the run. As you guys are waiting there and you're you're caught in this wordless moment of Elliot saying that maybe she's not so sure she's going to to be able to continue on with the crew, you hear the sound of a vehicle approaching uh, and you you have a moment where you're like, wow, Camry came really fast. That's impressive. Uh, and then as you listen, you realize it, it doesn't sound like tires on road. It sounds a little more advanced, a little more uh, high tech, a little more hovery than that. And you realize that closing in from either side on this this uh, outskirt dirt road are are a bunch of rescue agents on hover bikes. And they all pull up and glide to a stop and, and draw their weapons. And you, they've got you completely surrounded before you can even act. You're caught in this moment of, of pain and emotion. Um, and you recognize one of them as the same agent that you met back on town day. And before that, when you broke into the draft facility, although he would only remember one of those two encounters, <laughs> weirdly enough. <laughs> he begins to bark an order, but before he can get the words out, a small spherical drone drifts lazily down in front of him. Stand down, officer, says a metallic voice from within the drone. 
Uh, and he he looks at it incredulously and is like, I don't take orders from you. He barks back. I get my orders from... But he's cut off. And his radio crackles and he holds it to his ear. And you can't hear the voice on the other end. And he looks upset at first and begins to protest. But ultimately he nods and he motions to the other agents. And they all lower their weapons. Uh, and they all reboard their hover bikes. And they turn around and begin to clear the area. Um, meanwhile... Uh... Oh. Can Angus stream? Sure. As they're lowering their weapons. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. Beautiful. <laughs> they reboard their bikes and and uh, and take off. And this spherical metal drone turns 180 degrees to face you. With a little blinking light on the surface. And the same metallic voice from inside says, Well, I must say, that was impressive. Lake is sobbing right now and is very sad. Just like turns and looks and is like, What do you want? Oh, uh, I seem to have caught you in a bit of a moment here. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't, I don't do well with this sort of the, the, the tears and the, and the <laughs> yelling. It's, it's, it's not my, listen, I, you're welcome for the, the maneuver back there. I, I, I was pretty impressed with it, but, uh, I can see you're in the middle of something. You know what? We can do this later, but, uh, let me just say that what you all have just done, what you've discovered here has impressed a lot of people and there are uh there are folks who are quite excited to work with you i would leave my card but you know what uh and at this point the the top of the sphere kind of opens up a little hatch springs up and a a tiny little hologram appears and it's you get a weird sense of deja vu as this little hologram appears because you've seen this hologram before (laughs) i was gonna say have we seen these orbs before too are these similar to the popularia orbs a little bit, yeah, now that you mention it. But you've seen, uh, you, the, the orb is, is similar, the hologram is identical, except the last time you saw it, it was 50 feet tall and busting up both Palooza. But this time, it's just little and it's on top of a drone. Uh, and a hologram of Tristan Voss says, just call Miper and ask for the boss. I, uh, I have a lot to discuss with you, and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to meeting you all in person. Anyway, you're welcome. And the hatch closes up and the drone drifts away. Does it, hang on, does it pass Camry showing up? Like, are they going opposite directions? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful, yeah. Camry honks as the, the drone swerves out of the way of his car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, but yeah, this this run was an opportunity, uh, specifically Dream Run. You get a chance to go on a run with an extra reward in a place you couldn't normally access. And so your extra reward here, um, I, mean, I, I guess we'll have to see if Weird Gravity is able to maintain their crew status long enough to take advantage but uh but miper uh has noticed you and wants to talk sponsorships um and with that let's go into some downtime we come to the video hut Uh, nick has been on shift and uh, Chester comes in through the doors and he, he's got like a little bit of hustle in him and <sighs> Nick, uh, you wanted to show me something. I came down right away. I, I, I'm so excited to see. Chester, you made it. Yeah. I can't believe it. The, 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 the whole crate full of tapes came in today and yours was stacked right at the top. You, I, I, I know, I know you said you had a couple of clips in, but I didn't know you were going to be on the cover of the box. And then Chester reaches out, and it's like uh, a VHS tape, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and it's 
I, you know, from this like uh, Canadian uh, side of the slug blasting community, that it's like these uh, clip videos that uh, compile a whole bunch of slug blasting moments. It's called them uh, the the Punchem Crunchem Slug Blasting Volume Four. Um, <laughs> And, and and there is uh, Chester on the front, uh, full on uh, slugging an arborist in the face, kind of a thing. <laughs> oh, I love oh, that! Oh man, PCSB four, Chester Capone, baby! Yeah. Oh man, this is gonna be so good! I, mean, I can't wait to show my dad, Nick. I think we're we're gonna we're gonna be noticed everywhere now, oh, and and we're gonna get that sponsorship. This is so great. This is huge, Chester. This is so so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta you gotta show your dad. You you gotta show your gram. You, you show everybody. But uh, I, I do need to see a rental card first. Oh right, sure. <laughs> um, Don't worry, I'll give you my discount. Uh, and and I of course go immediately home to like watch it and I'm showing my uh, my gram uh, and like rewind segments and like I take it over to people's houses and. Yeah, Angus is still living with you, I think. So he like watches it for the first time as as it's playing, and you are just getting electrocuted uh, <laughs> and like just vibrating. Face Angus just like shakes his head and he's like, "I'm so proud of you, my boy." <laughs> uh, I think your dad just like looks at Angus saying that and like rolls his eyes. And <laughs> he's he's not thrilled by this, but he also recognizes it's kind of cool. So <laughs> I love this. Um, yeah, tell what what was that scene on your downtime track here? Uh, okay, so that was minor personal legacy. Uh, I clear three style. You know, it's a trick is named after you. You make a spot famous. Your meme is forever a part of the lexicon. I, I'm just thinking like this is my first exposure maybe to the grander slug blasting scene that like I'm yeah I'm speci- it's not that I'm just a part of weird gravity but like specifically Chester is known as one of the toughest ones out there yeah you're getting a, re- a reputation as the enforcer yeah 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 I'm turning to the Dave Brown of uh, slug blasting yeah and yeah you mark a legacy for that yeah. Uh, sometime after our last run, it's a, a bright November morning, and Nick has decided to go over to his Uncle Terry's place to to help uh, shovel out some snow. I think maybe Terry lives in like a basement suite or something, but as part of the rental agreement, he has to shovel both the driveway and all the walks on this corner lot around the place. There's there's a lot of ground to cover. Uh, yeah, the air is is crisp. You guys can see your breath, and uh, and the only sound uh, is the shovels scraping on the sidewalk and the heaps of snow landing landing in piles on the yard uh, and of course Uncle Terry rambling on about his latest anime obsession well so the the thing is you gotta understand you can watch Gunbot Academy Vanguard without having seen the original Gunbot Academy but you can't watch Gunbot Academy The Last Sunbot unless you've seen the whole series because <laughs> um, it, tie, it ties into some of Chaos Ramen Online and is he really gonna get confused Oh, that does make sense. Uh, you, if it is the last sunbot, you got to figure out what happens to the other sunbots first. That exactly. should have been obvious to me. Sorry, Uncle Terry. Don't, don't. Hey, hey, young Padwan. Don't, don't apologize. There is much to uh, uh, to learn and to to study in the ways of the Japanese cartoons. 
he's he's trying to like put on a friendly face like hmm. have a have a um a, a sort of a normal conversation with his favorite nephew but he just sort of sighs at that and he's like look, look nick i appreciate you helping me uh um shovel here uh but i i, I don't know how much of how much goodwill this is gonna buy with your mom i'm like I'll, I'll put in a good word but you you really upset her sport i know i things have been difficult there but you know i think even just getting out of the house and like her knowing for sure where I am is is some comfort, I'm sure. Well, yeah, hopefully. But, you know, she's... That woman's been through a lot, and she she cares about you. I know she does, and... I just feel like there's so much out there that I need to still figure out, and... I... It's hard to figure out what side of the line lands between keeping me safe and holding me back. That's... That's valid. Um, that's, that's the gut check. That's the, you know, the difference between becoming a, becoming a man and, and being a boy who, who needs a mom. I think we linger in this silence for a bit and you guys, uh, you guys finish up shoveling, uh, and Nick ultimately makes his way off and, and Terry checks his phone in his pocket, uh, feels a buzz and, and flips it open. And it's a text from Nick's mom, uh, just, uh, asking, did, did Nick stop by? And then the three little dots going for a while. And then a second text come in that just says, how's he doing? You know, that's where we leave that scene. Um, what what did we just see there? What, what did that mark on your downtown track? Oh, uh, that one was a being good scene. So I cleared two style. A quick montage, uh, chores, homework, Bible study, showing up your shifted burger man on time for once, you know, trying. And uh, the ultimate result of that is to clear two trouble. Beautiful. We go to the Capone household. Graham Capone and uh, Chester's dad, they're, they're out and away. Chester asked them if he could have uh, the, the house for the evening because he has set up the dining room, uh, you know, try to do mood lighting, which is hard when everything's just like fluorescent lighting. Um, mm-hmm. But you do your best and you put up a few candles and everything. And uh, you have Angus and you have... Lake, who are seated uh, next to each other uh, as they're waiting for Chester to finish up making some cheesesteaks, uh, the most romantic uh, meal he could think of. <laughs> and he he kind of miscalculated how much time this is taking. Now, Juniper's also there. This is supposed to be a double date type situation. And Juniper is yeah, there yeah, yeah. in the kitchen, you know, trying her best to try to be interested in like how you make a good cheesesteak. Yeah. Because, of course, that relates back to his theory, right? Uh, and, and Chester is there cooking away. I love this, yeah. I, I think we're, yeah, in the kitchen and Juniper's um, watching you do this and is kind of, like, trying to to not, like, get involved or not nitpick, but is also is also Juniper. So it's like, oh, um, I, I just noticed that you, you you put the garlic in first into the pan and, and then you added the onions and really like the onions as they cook, they're, they're going to, the water in the onions is, is going to boil off. And so really you should, the, the garlic's not going to be able to cook until the, the onions have boiled off all the yeah. water. So we yeah. really should have done that in the reverse order. And hey, I noticed hey. the meat still hasn't got in yet, but the buns are already toasted and that doesn't seem like it's going to time out. Okay. Wait, wait, you're kind of, th- yeah, Jennifer, if you just wait, you just feel it out. I found that cooking is just kind of, 
going with it a little bit and just making sure that there's no fires. That's my first number one cooking tip. Don't let a fire happen. Let me tell you, it's a whole thing. Anyway. <laughs> and we this fades into the background as we as we pan over to Lake and Angus sitting at the table uh, waiting for their meal. Lake just sort of starts to mumble something and then stops. She's just like kind of biting her lower lip and like she's just beaming she's like her 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 glitch is like red her cheeks are red she's she's just like <laughs> so this is the ideal date scenario right i nailed it and angus is smirking <laughs> coyly <laughs> she's like all all my favorite people are here and and you know i haven't i haven't been on a lot of uh a lot of other dates to, to compare it to so so far so good this this definitely beats Going to see a, a an all ages real big fish concert with uh, Dinesh Pathari in Grand Meringue, and he, he, he tried to touch my boobs. It was a whole thing. I, this is way better. <laughs> I like this. I just step in for one second. The, it's it's uh, Grand Meringue, not not Grand Meringue like a pie. Just, oh, just sorry. To clarify. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Damn, I was trying to be self deprecating, but no, this is really nice. I like this, and she she grabs his hand. Cool. The grease, the grease is a good thing. Yeah, you want a lot of that. That's true. Is it is it supposed to be spattering me so much or? Uh, yeah, ow. it's part of it. It's part of it. <laughs> and we like both chuckle at Chester, like move our foreheads closer together. The the two of them are really cute together. Yeah. Even if they don't know it. Yeah, they uh, they work really well together. Yeah. Um, I've kind of been thinking about the last run and how. <laughs> Things didn't kind of go great near the end. Yeah. <sighs> it's too bad about Elliot. I, I really hope she reconsiders. You know, but uh, that's not what I. That's not why I brought it up. Um, you mentioned something in the run about how, uh, you know, people should talk about how they uh, feel more. Y- yeah. Uh, Angus is like kind of grimacing a little bit. Um, yeah. Like he's struggling. Lake is doing the her. opposite. She's like she's perked up. She's like smiling. She's she's her hopes have never been higher. Uh. <laughs> uh, um. So I, I I feel like I need I need to um mention how uh, important you are to me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how, uh, if I can say what I want to say, um, but I'm really glad to have you here with me and, um, she can see you're struggling and she's just going to let you sit in it. She's kind of like, <laughs> like you look really cute when you're struggling to speak your emotions. <laughs> uh, Angus is uh, blushing, and he's like, "You're really not gonna interfere on this, huh? You're not gonna." Um, she turns to she like shifts in her dining room chair to like look at you, like you know she's she's now f- f- looking at you full straight on. You she you can see her split face and split body. Because last time we talked about this, it really was like, hey, this is whatever you want it to be, Angus, kind of balls in your court. So <laughs> sort of this is the second half of the conversation outside of the video hut. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes people have a hard time choosing between cheese whiz and provolone. And really, in the end, you just got to make a choice. You know what I mean? 
If you have if you have both cheese, both options are good, but you really need to make it clear because if you try to, you know, muddy it too much, you're just gonna have an awful cheesesteak. Let me tell you. Can I call you my girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. I I I really would like you to be my boyfriend. I I think you'd make a, as as they as my parents say, like you're you're my better half. <laughs> I. Uh disagree with that <laughs> I'd, I'd like that a lot I'd like you to be my boyfriend cool I think we'd make a good couple's costume <laughs> and she like takes takes your hands sort of each hand in each hand and like because now you're I, f- I feel like we're sitting in chairs facing each other but the chairs are not like yeah. we're side, both sideways in our chairs and like we're just sort of holding hands in our lap and maybe a quick smooch but it's more like yay and then Suddenly, the smell of uh, um, cheesesteak wafts up her nose. As you're sitting here in this moment, hands clasped, Angus, you feel your, your M phone buzz in your pocket. Uh, and you don't check it in this moment because that, that'd be rude. Um, but when you do check it later, it's a notification from my page updating your and Lake's relationship status. And you <laughs> have no idea how that happened because you didn't see her pull out her phone at any point. But the instant you said it, <laughs> you got a notification being like, we're in a, we're in a relationship. <laughs> it's spooky how fast she managed to change it. <laughs> Oh, very good. <laughs> and we pan back over to the kitchen, and uh, and Juniper and, and and Chester are there. And Juniper's like, "All right, it's it, it's really starting to smoke, Chester. I think you got to take it off the heat." No, this is kind of a part of it. <laughs> I don't think. Oh wait, it no, is. this is bad. And, <laughs> <laughs> all right, and, and uh, he pulls it off, and he you know he puts it into the bun and gets it all kind of organized. And like, okay, I th- you know what. I know this looks like it's not good, but trust me, this is the way you want to make it. <laughs> well, you've never let me down before. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Juniper, I, I, I kind of have something to tell you. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, the, the food is ready. Is now the best time for this? I just, we're working so hard to time everything. I Go, go ahead. It's fine. It's fine. Um... I, uh, I didn't take such great notes out there uh, <laughs> uh, when we went to the other space, and I all I have uh, is the little sample of uh, here. And he goes into the uh, fridge and pulls out the like the weird inverse colored uh, vegetation that he grabbed from the stomach of the thing, and it's in the jar. And I'm like this is all I can get. Actually, I shouldn't have pull- pulled this out. This we're about to eat. But I, I, this is all I got. <laughs> yeah, you pull it out, and and like when you guys crossed over into that other dimension, you became inverted by whatever property of the light there. So I think when you brought this back over, like it just looks like a clump of like kind of chewed up grass um, in a Tupperware container. Uh, and and Juniper kind of has a moment of like, oh, um, gr- great, yeah, that's that's great. Th- thank you for doing that. We, we should eat. We should eat. Um, and kind of just like doesn't seem particularly impressed by your your wad of slimy grass that you brought back um, that that in in the light of null is just just green and normal looking. Um, but and, and, and as Juniper like leaves, uh, I think it's Chester's kind of like a little disappointed in himself, and he like opens the door and he puts the grass back inside and he closes it, and then he joins them. There you go. Um, yeah. So, what what, yeah, what, what were we doing this? with that scene? Well, what I did was I spent five of my uh, personal style 
uh, to clear a fracture, uh, specifically uh, the it's complicated fracture. So hope now now hopefully things will be better inside the crew. Yeah, no, that's great because that was a a slam that specific or a fracture that had to do with with um, Lake and Angus's relationship and the effect that it had on the crew. So I think in in resolving this and in having this double date, that's that's the perfect way to to clear that. So go ahead and clear that fracture. You guys keep. <laughs> filling up all the fracture boxes and then just clearing one right as another one rolls in. Like you're just, you're just hovering on that knife's edge. Uh, I love it. I love to see it. Who would they send it to? I think Nick, uh, you you get a uh, a buzz because um, you live in an apartment, so there's there's a buzzer, uh, and it's a delivery person there, um, and you don't recognize like it's not like you know the time that the mail usually comes or even the time that like the the courier trucks would be coming by. It's like a weird hour of the day, uh, and you go down, and it's it's specifically like a <laughs> miper courier in like a a, a hover van, um, uh, and they're they're wearing like just like pristine white uniform with a stylized M logo on the, on the lapel. Uh, and they get you to sign for this, this delivery. Uh, yeah. Can it be said that after the first buzz, uh, the delivery person's still standing there and they buzz again. And then Nick is standing on the ceiling, having walked down the outside of the building behind them goes, who are you delivering from? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Uh, um, I mean the logo is Miper. I'm, I'm from Miper. Um, can you, can you sign for this? Are you, you're Nick Lowe? Oh, yes. Sorry. Uh, one sec. And he, he pulls the pencil out from behind his ear and he leans down to sign the paper from the ceiling. <laughs> He's upside down, but there's a pencil behind his ear? Yeah, it's always tucked there. That's he one wedges of his it in there. <laughs> distinctive style things is he has a pencil behind his ear. Oh, beautiful. An anti-grav pencil. <laughs> yeah, it's the one they made for the space travel. The astronauts, yeah. Of course. Of course. Astronaut <laughs> Got an astronaut pencil. Yeah, she she kind of holds the clipboard up to you awkwardly, and then uh, once you've signed it, turns around and grabs the parcel and is like, "Do you, do you want to come down, or should I just pass it up?" Or oh, uh, I'll pop down, and he, he seamlessly flips down and is standing now uh, and takes the package. <laughs> yeah. um, it's a it's a big box, but it's got its own like built in uh, hover generators, hover coils on the bottom of it. They're just like little tiny like very simple disposable versions of what would be on your hoverboard, but just to like take some of the weight of the box so you can almost just like loosely guide it along with you up to your room. Far out. And yeah, when you open it up inside is a bunch of uh, merchandise with the, I was going to say the weird gravity logo, but I think it's, it's not even like, I don't know that you guys had a logo. I think it's a logo that has been custom designed for your crew. And we can decide what it looks like later. But yeah, there are there are t-shirts, there are buttons, there are stickers. What, what do they call them in the States? Beanies? Tooks. They're called Tooks, America. Yeah, um, <laughs> get on our level. Yeah, all branded with this this custom weird gravity logo. And there's just a little note uh, on, a, on a card. It's like like a black business card with like a shiny gray overlay. So it's like kind of hard to read, but it like it's reflective. Uh, and then it just says a little preview of what we can offer and then a dash and a, and a T and yeah, you've got, uh, you have unlocked small press merch on the crew tab cost five style t-shirts, stickers, pins, patches, etc., And you gain one hype die. So you now have uh, an extra die that the crew can use in, uh, in dire situations. Um, that cost you guys five style. You still have, I think, six style remaining. Are we pumping that into the, the fame track to get you guys closer to the next level? Yeah. Do it. 
Cool. So that gets you within spitting distance of the next level of fame. Uh, and, and as a reminder, if anyone has leftover style, you can pump your own style into here as well. Um, so I think this is at uh, Devani's house and Elliot kind of sheepishly knocks on the door with her right hand. Uh, I don't know if her left hand is in some kind of some kind of tensor bandage or something like that. I'm not sure the exact nature of the injury, but it's all wrapped up. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, Devani answers the door. Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, well, 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 look who, look who decided to show up. Uh, hey. Thought you were so so busy with your your uh, your famous slug blasting crew and your famous rock and roll band that you might not have time for uh, for you know all this hotness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, it has come to my attention that I owe you an apology. Yeah, I think she's smiling as she gives you those first couple of jabs, like she's she's kind of teasing you, uh, but the sincerity in your tone here kind of kind of strikes her, and she's like, oh. Oh, it's it's this kind of a talk. Um, yeah, I I would say that you do. All right, come on in. Thanks. I'm gonna use this as an opportunity to establish a thing because I've I've had it intended since run one, and it's just never come up. Um, that I think as you move through Devani's house, I don't know if you've been here before. Maybe you have. Probably you have. But uh, you see in the living room, um, Jason and Kabir are playing like Xbox or something, uh, and they're being loud, rowdy teen boys. Um, and she just kind of like, she grabs a throw pillow from an armchair and just hucks it at one of their heads as they walk by. And, and Kabir's like, ah, hey, oh man, you made me, you made me miss my shot. Damn it. Uh, and Devani kind of rolls her eyes and was like, sorry, cousins. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she leads you past the living room and, uh, and back to her room. Um, I think she's got like, I don't know. When I was a teenager in high school, my room was, was like, Bordering between nerdy and just nothing. Um, but I think she's one of those kids who like puts a lot of time and effort into her room. She's got like a lot of stuff cut out of magazines up on the wall and like fairy lights and like cool curtains that like cast cool colors of light in the room. And just like she's, she's put a lot of effort into this space. Um, and you guys take a seat on the bed there. Yeah. So um, I know we haven't really talked about it since it happened but I accused you of being a metaterrestrial doppelganger. Um, yeah, you did, didn't you? I gotta say, of all the awkward conversations I've had with friends or, or anyone, whatever we are, I, I, that's that one kind of takes the cake. Never been accused of being a monster before. Well, not a metaterrestrial monster. <laughs> um, that wasn't cool of me. Like I said... They they got in my head and made me question things, but that's that's not your fault. So I just want you to know I'm sorry, okay? I trust you. Yeah, you should. I don't know I don't know what I did to to ever make you doubt, but Elliot all, all I've ever done is is think you're the coolest. Yeah, I know. Which is ridiculous because you're the actual coolest. Yeah, no, I was just being nice. <laughs> she kind of shoves you playfully, but then maybe also like gives you a little smooch. I don't know where you guys are at in your relationship right now. That feels weird to initiate. <laughs> she smooches you if that's what Elliot would want in that moment. Yeah, I think so. 
And I think you have a have a little moment there together. Uh, and then she's like, anyway, I'm glad you're here. And I'm glad we're back on good terms because I, I have got to show you this amazing new band I found. Uh, and she pulls out her uh, her M phone and, and types in a, a thing quickly and then holds it up. And through the tinny little M phone speaker, you hear one of Paula the Ape Woman's songs begin to play. <laughs> oh, my God. And she's like, I'm your biggest fan. Oh, my God. Will you sign something for me? And you nerd. <laughs> uh, and I think that's where we leave that. What what were we seeing there? What did that unlock for you? Uh, that was all the small things. Clear four style, a scene where you reflect on a memory, enjoy a perfect moment, cherish a memento, or connect with a friend. Mark one legacy. Aw, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's time for uh, Lake to pay the piper vis a vis the the middle finger that got us into this new dimension. Uh, so she, you know, Angus walks her home. They like have a little kiss at the end of the steps. He hoverboards off. Um, she walks up to the door and she's like, she managed to avoid her mom pre date. She's she's able to sneak in a date night with Angus, but it's it's time to come home and uh, look her mom in the eyes. Um, she like breathes in, um, uh, fidgets with the weird gravity keychain that Nick gave her from our swag bag. She's like <laughs> thinks thinks about weird gravity in her team as she holds the little logo. She's like, okay, you can you can do this. You're okay. She just like walks in and like. I think her mom is already sitting on the like in the living room, maybe doing something, but also you know clearly having one eye on the door. Uh, she she tries to sneak by, but clearly is unsuccessful. Hello, Lake. Um, oh, hi, Mom. Can you come here, please? <sighs> yeah. And sort of, like, wanders over to the couch and sits in the love seat that's, like, perpendicular to the couch. Well, should I even try to give you an opportunity to explain yourself? She goes to try to be, like, we found, like, describe what she found. Because remember, she, her whole plan was, like, this was the dream run. She was going to come back with something cool. She was going to come back with stories to tell. Or, or, or new technology. And I mean, the Miper thing's pretty sweet, but also Elliot hurt her hand. And so she's just like, no, I, mom, look, I, I love slug blasting and I love doing it with my friends. And Camry did it for years. He's like one of the OG guys in, in Hillview. And it's not, it's not fair. It's not fair. You know the difference between you and Camry? Camry isn't a slug blaster right now. But you, you seem to care a whole lot more about it in spite of everything. Everything that I am trying to do for you. You say do for me, but but I feel like you're just, you're just holding me back. Like, and she, she like puts her hands out, like gesticulates forward and then realizes like she's got this glitch, like she has hurt herself doing this and she's like realized she doesn't really have a leg to stand on. It's like, Oh yes. I'm, I'm holding you back. Lake. I'm holding you back from, and she, she actually like gestures to Lake's glitch. All of the things that I see has happened to you. And all of the things that I don't see. Well, you never noticed me before. Excuse me. 
yeah, you never, you and dad never paid attention to me until I started slug blasting and until I got the glitch and I'm just, I'm just your middle child. I'm not your baby. I'm not your, your, your golden child eldest who you let do anything. Hammock and Camry both can get away with anything and they're a decade apart. And I just have to sit here and be unnoticed. Well, people are finally noticing me, mom. People finally notice and care and i have friends and we have merch she like it's it's a really impotent gesture but she like throws the keychain down on the table we have we have merch oh okay i am so sorry that you think that the only time i have ever noticed you is when you're doing something wrong is that really what you think of me of your mother yeah that's what you not 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 just me but anyone i mean look look you're you're the head of a Ding dang doorways chapter. All you do is narc on people's good time and hold everyone back. You're literally you're not just holding me back from slug blasting. You're holding back the entire Hillview. I should hope so. Go to your room. That's where I want to go. And she like <laughs> runs off crying and slams her door. As Lake's mom is left in this in this awkward moment, just fuming in the living room. Uh, a newspaper lowers and Lake's dad, who's been sitting in the room in an armchair this entire time in the background, <laughs> like he always does, yeah. uh, is like, she's just going through one of those phases. And then the newspaper goes back up. <laughs> um, yeah, what did we just see there? Well, that was um, that was Trouble at Home. Um, okay. Actually, it was two things. It was Trouble at Home, uh, clear up to two trouble, your family disapproves, how, uh, do they have good intentions, do you know, take a slam. So I'll let you tell me which slam I take there, Robin, but uh, I'm also going to make that a passion scene where I'm going to, I'm going to gain a, I'm going to heart playbook special by clearing two style as well as the two trouble. My, my special that I'm going to get is um, team, team player. Uh, so you mark one style whenever you help someone with teamwork. And will you decide what the slam looks like? Um, I think the it says pick a teammate who notices. And I think it's going to be Nick. I think as soon as she gets to her room, she's just going to text Nick being like, ugh, moms. <laughs> um, y- yeah? Did something happen, Lake? I, I finally told my mom and Doorways and everything to just, just take a hike and leave us alone. The Doorways is like ruining slug blasting for everybody. I, I called her a, a buzzkill to her face. Whoa. How, how's, how's things with your mom? They're still pretty shaky. I don't understand it. Why, why are, is it natural for all moms to hate slug blasting? Yeah, I, I, I guess they just, they can't handle that they're gonna work and keep, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Nick. Huh. <laughs> it, just, it just feels like she's holding me back. Well... Maybe on some level they're right. I mean, Elliot did get hurt. And Angus has gotten hurt. Chester's always getting hurt. But maybe he likes it? He's got a movie about it. He does. Have you seen it yet? Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I'm sorry that things are rough, Lake, but I'm sure you and your mom are going to find some common ground somewhere. I hope so. Thanks, Nick. I hope you and your mom find some, some common ground, too. Oh my god, I hope they don't talk. Oh god, I hope they don't talk. Oh no, I don't want that. <laughs> oh jeez, oh god, okay. My well, mom's already so busy, she can't join doorways. Please, Lake, oh, no. Gee, I'll try, I'll, oh god, oh jeez. Delete my address from the contact. <laughs> I, dude, I don't want to get I don't want to get my signature device taken away. I think, yeah, the, the text chain just devolves into a panic. Um, uh, yeah, you're going to take the slam of deep trouble from that. I don't think it's like, you're not necessarily grounded, um... Because I think it's just the kind of family where there are 
too many kids and and the parents are too busy and or uh, too interested in their newspaper to really enforce a proper grounding. But I think you are you are in as deep of trouble as you can get with your mom. So that's the slam you're going to carry forward. Obviously, not so great with Angus uh, in regards to home and school. He's staying with Chester for now. He keeps reassuring Chester that it'll only be for a few days, and then he'll figure out what he needs to do next. It's been, it's coming up on probably a week, um, and I don't think he's really established much communication with his family. I. I could see both his mom and Garrett uh, trying to reach out to him. Um, he doesn't answer any calls. He would send a text to his mom. I met my friends. I'm going to school. I'm fine. He wouldn't respond to any communication at all from Garrett. I think Garrett does try to, to text you occasionally, kind of trying to like check in and make sure that things are going well. I think when you text your mom, uh, you get a response that's just an emoji of a duck. And you're pretty sure that she didn't mean to send that, but you take it as acknowledgement. <laughs> She's at least seen your text and read it, um, but she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't clarify any further. So you have no indication as to how she feels about this other than a duck. Other than a duck, of course. <laughs> um, he is still going to school. Every day he goes, I think he, he has a bit of a lump in his throat. And then as, you know, the bell rings and he sits down for first period class and looks at the teacher and nothing happens, the anxiety slowly wanes throughout the day. Um, and on one morning, uh, Angus asks Chester to uh, make uh, his special breakfast and uh, he's going to take it to go. And later... Uh, in the school parking lot, uh, he is going to hurl the contents of that cup at Patterchuk's car. Oh boy! <laughs> Part of me wants to make you roll for it, but no, you you coat uh, Patterchuk's uh, 1975 uh, Chevrolet Caprice Classic, oh, cream cream colored with sort of a, an olive green roof. Uh, and you just absolutely coat it in uh, in liquid egg. Oh, right on the roof, yeah. right where it really will stand out. Yeah, and it's it's winter too, so it freezes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Didn't he just get his car repaired from that accident uh, at town day? He did. <laughs> <laughs> the fender's still got like a dent in it, and yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now it's covered in egg. Uh, uh, and and what was that? What 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 did that unlock for you there? Uh, struggling, clear up to three trouble, your issues get worse, you act out, project, misidentify your problem, mark one doom. So yeah, I'd say that this is Angus acting out. Uh, can, can we just hear a little snippet of, of Patterchuk uh, <laughs> muttering to himself on his way out of school and then realizing what's happened? <laughs> all right, well, let's uh, put in another honest day's work. It's all you can do. Just take it one day at a time and... We're we're, we're changing lives here. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. We're gonna get it. We're gonna help these kids. And and there we go out to the. Oh no! Oh, what the? Who would do that? Is that a? Is that, did a bird? What kind of did a bird? Oh no! 
That's not good. Oh. It's on the window. It's all in the crack of the window. Oh. Is that is that good? Is that a good enough? <laughs> to think that a bird might have accidentally laid eggs while flying overhead is so good. <laughs> And not just one, but multiple. Like it was like dive bombing it with no shells. No. Like no. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the biology teacher. <gasps> anyway, that's, that's that. So we're going to have the morning before the tour starts. Yeah. Um, And it's going to be early in the morning and Michelle and Riku have driven to Elliot's place to pick her up, helping to, I mean, she doesn't have anything to load up because it's all in her guitar or it's all in her backpack, but she still has to ride with them. Absolutely. Yeah. I think maybe the, uh, like, because this tour was set up through their old record label, it's not the kind of thing where you're, like, you're not hoverboarding to get to these uh, different dimensions. It's, you know, they've they've set up a portal zone similar to how you guys got to Multipalooza. Uh, but maybe it's, like, somewhere in a bigger center, Grand Moraine or what have you. Um, so one way or another, you guys have a little bit of a road trip ahead of you. Uh, and in order to get where you're going by the time you need to be there, they uh, Elliot has to be awake at the ungodly hour of, like, seven in the morning which is like not actually that ungodly but for elliot it's like oh it's rough i Mm -hmm. I picture elliot as the kind of person who like rolls out of bed five minutes before you have to be at school kind of thing um (laughs) so so this is a lot for her and so yeah you're you're standing on your front step you can see your breath elliot's a coffee drinker yeah oh yeah absolutely i think you've got a coffee um, and then as they pull up, you, you hear the, the sputtering sound of, of this van, um, that belongs to one of your bandmates and it, it comes rolling up and you see inside that they've, they've picked up coffee as was the plan. And they kind of look at you quizzically as like, what well, we, we brought coffee and you just like g- give them a look that says that, you know, full well, like this, this was the plan. Double coffee was, was your intent all along. <laughs> um, so you you drain the rest of your coffee, grab your new coffee, uh, and and climb into the van there. As you do, um, I think you reach out with your uh, your left hand, and as you as you take the coffee, that you feel that warmth, and it's it's you, you've still got an ache in this hand. You've you you know haven't had to cancel the tour. You've been practicing, and you're rebuilding your strength. And it's 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 not like it was it's you're still a little bit sloppy here but you're not like it's not in a cast you're you're able to play um but every time you do you feel that that jolt that little dull ache that reminder of of what happened there but the 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 warm coffee cup in the hand is soothing and, and it, it helps a little bit uh and you climb into the van as you do so do you have any messages to send off to the rest of the crew or any any final words before you head out on this on this new chapter um or or I'd like to think we've we've maybe texted you. Um Yeah, I think that's that's very true. Your your phone maybe has a bunch of notifications from from each individual member of the crew. Can we can we go around? Can we go around the horn? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'll call him out. Angus, 
Good luck on your tour. And thanks for the last run. I mean it. I think it was good for us. Nick. I'm so sorry about your hand, Elliot. I hope it all goes well on the tour. If you have any time when you get back, hit me up. I think I have some ideas for souping up your, your recorder. Lake. Had, had Elliot told uh, everyone this was the plan before the run, uh, I think she would have had a, a more support. But I think I think Lake is actually pretty hurt by this. And she's like, the best she can muster is uh, w- weird gravity is not going to be the same without you. And Chester. When you sing a song, make sure the tax man doesn't hear it. Otherwise, he's going to get you. <laughs> I, I feel like Elliot reads them in that order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, kind of laughs despite herself. And I think they have a weird gravity text chain. Mm-hmm. And she texts all mm-hmm. everyone back at once. And it just says, see you when I get back. Bye. And the the van rolls off into the distance as the as the early morning sun. Um, what am I saying? It's seven a.m. and it's winter time in Alberta. No, there's no sunlight. It's pitch black out. <laughs> <laughs> but we see it uh, emerge into a streetlight and then disappear and then reappear and then disappear as it as it heads off into the distance. Uh, huge cloud of blue exhaust <laughs> funneling out from behind, and Elliot heads off into the unknown. Many names were given to me But my name, but my name, but my name, but my name is Paula Dupree And you can't tame me Uh, So yeah, I had one last thing for Nick here uh, and I think this comes in still that same day that he went to go help Uncle Terry shovel. This is just later. This is him coming home after having done that. Uh, and he makes his way in, into the apartment, up the stairs, uh, toward the the uh, apartment that he and his mom share. And he unlocks the door and steps on into the apartment. Hi, Mom. I- I'm back from Uncle Terry's. That's good. How's Terry doing? Uh, he's good. He, he didn't throw out his back this time, so that's that's always a nice touch. <laughs> it's good that you helped him. Yeah. Oh, and he said that uh, he'll still be on for for dinner on Friday, so uh, you you can check in with him then. Okay. Well, I'm I'm just gonna go go do some homework and stuff in in my room, if that's okay. Right. Go ahead. Okay. Um, bye. And Nick heads on into his room. Can I just say the, the chills of like that, that feeling of like being in trouble with your parents and like, it's been some time. So you're not like actively yelling, but things still aren't good. Like that was, that was a core memory. Just like, oh, that may be (laughs) legit uncomfortable. I was like, oh, I feel like I've, I've been here. Uh, anyway, continue. <laughs> well, uh, maybe I could shake off a little bit of that feeling because uh, instead of actually doing homework, Nick is going back into his room to his little uh, sort of pseudo workshop at his desk to do a bit of in the lab. 
so I'm going to clear some style to roll dice for a couple of parts here. And I've cleared two, so I get... Uh, I guess I'll do this one at a time. Clear a style, roll a die. I have rolled... It's a six. Okay. Um, <laughs> boy, oh boy. Um, Your choice and roll again. Yeah, I will take a gem and roll again. This is still off that first style then. So that's a four, which is another gem. Uh, now spending my other style for second die to roll. A one, which is a coil. And are you spending those on anything in particular? I don't think so. I think I'm going to hold on to those. Uh, the idea here being sort of that Nick has been stockpiling uh, a lot of components and stuff over time. And if we look at sort of what he's been working on, his his current work in progress, if you will, on his desk, mm-hmm. um, it actually seems like the framework for another Negatana. Oh. It's still, it's going to take mm-hmm. a long time to get everything back together to the way that it was and stuff. And Nick doesn't want to go against his mom's word and take back the sword, but in a way he realizes after this run he's he might need to get back into something like that. So he's on a slow slow roll toward that. Beautiful. Um, while he's working, I think on his desk, sort of sitting there, is that uh, it was a black orb Yeah. that he was given? Yeah. That the was black given to you by one of the arborists. Orb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just sort of sitting there on the side of his desk. And as he sort of like leans back, uh, puts the goggles from his face up onto his head after he's finished doing a little bit of soldering, uh, he wipes the sweat from his brow and he kind of glances down at the black orb, lifts it up off the desk and sort of gives it a little roll in his hands. And taking a quick glance over the door, just seeing if he can hear any movement around in the apartment, he takes a deep breath and he cracks it on the edge of his desk. And I think upon impact, it it emits this burst of purple energy. And I think it actually like pushes you back, like your whole chair goes careening back a little ways. Uh, and this purple energy expands outward and slowly stabilizes into this glowing, crackling ring floating in the air just in front of you. Um, oh, I like the idea that your chair like fully tips over, like you're knocked on your back and you have to sort of pick yourself up to see this. Um, mm-hmm. It appears to be some sort of a portal. The inside is dark, but not the same impermeable black that you're used to seeing when you create portals with your hoverboards. Instead, it just appears to lead into a small, darkened chamber, maybe about three feet square. Uh, It doesn't seem to, like, lead anywhere beyond that, and you begin to feel like a little bit of disappointment until you notice that there's something sitting on the floor of this chamber. Nervously, you reach in and try to retrieve this object. It's, It's heavy, but you're able to lift it up and out, and once you do, the portal retracts, leaving you alone in your room, holding what appears to be just a dusty old suitcase. However, Nick, you recognize it immediately. It's your dad's old drow computer. (laughs) 